and we always give Taylor some silence and Chris goes, <coughs> Chris is the worst person I've ever met in my entire life. Do you use that silence for noise reduction or not? No, not ever. So we should, so we should, we can stop doing that. <laughs> Welcome to my nursery. Nope. <laughs> Shut up. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice and Chris Bartlett is not here this week, but we've got Taylor Stroll. Taylor, how long have you been in ministry? Uh, over 17 years. That's the, I'm reading the script. You're not supposed to read the script. How long have you been in ministry? <laughs> over 11 years. <laughs> All right. So together we have been in ministry for over like 29 years or something like that. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Taylor, you have a podcast and we've been working together for four years. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, my podcast is called Forte Catholic. Our tagline is making Catholicism fun again because uh, Catholicism can be very boring, especially when I was growing up. Mass was the same thing over and over again. I never heard a good homily until my second decade alive. Uh, so I was just very bored by the whole thing. And then we're on a ministry podcast and everyone that did ministry for me was very boring and I wasn't very excited about my Catholic faith. So I left it for a little while, but my mom had other plans and ended up bringing me back. And then I had some fun and I decided, okay, I'll stick around. Well, now you give us a life story, not just about your podcast, but, and that's okay. Well, that that's our time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for Ministry Leaders Anonymous. <laughs> so that's that's one of the reasons I wanted you to come on and talk on the podcast was that whole idea of make Catholicism fun again. So why do we need to make Catholicism fun again? Was it was it ever actually fun? Yes. So essentially, the fun thing people will push back on. And essentially this whole idea comes from Pope Francis is the joy of the gospel. So when I say fun and joy, I use them interchangeably. And I know people who are very into the English language will argue with me. And I just tell them, just leave me alone. It made more sense than make Catholicism joy again. So uh, <laughs> it's just marketing. It's not actual theological preferences. Uh, leave me alone. But uh, I think for a lot of people, the faith was joyful. So like we look at the early church and like they were joyful despite all of their suffering. They continued to be Christian when they were like, hey, are you a Christian? Yep. Okay. These lions are very hungry. Like there was, there's this idea that they were still very joyful, but then like the church that I grew up in, the parish and the like church as a whole was a lot of just like, everybody's doing this. We go on Sunday because that's what everybody does in a small town. It was like, you're, we're all stuck here. Like we're all obligated. It is mortal sin to miss mass. So we're prisoners at mass and the priest could do whatever he wanted because he knew we were stuck. Otherwise we'd go to hell or something. Uh, so the homily didn't have to be good. The readers, uh, oh man, listening to people just read things over and over again is very difficult. It's like, this is the living word of God. That's what we teach. But it's very dead whenever it's read on Sundays. <laughs> you you killed it. You killed Jesus a second time. Um, music, I mean, uh, don't even get me started. Like, we, we've gotten so focused on, like, the rules and the catechesis. And these are the things that we need to share with people, especially with young people, but even as adults. And then we forget this whole is, like, we're supposed to be joyful in all this. And us as ministry leaders should be helping to, to do all of that. Bring the catechesis with a little bit of joy as well. 
this kind of goes along with what I said a, a couple of podcasts ago that there are so many people that are in the church that are only in the church because they know the true teaching of the Eucharist. And, and there's nothing else necessarily around that, that that makes them want to be Catholic, which I mean, that, that's probably a, an extreme example. But that, that joy, we should have that joy. We should, that should be infectious. And we should feel that joy whenever we come and worship together. But what you're saying is, it's just not there. And it wasn't there when you were growing up. Right. Absolutely. And I think there's, there's so often where it's like, we get into arguments like online or on podcasts about like, Oh, no matter, and it, and it is good advice. It is good advice for people to say, when you go to mass, it's not about the homily. It's not about the music. Like if it's not about like how dynamic the lectures are, it's about you being there, respecting God and receiving Jesus, which is true. It's it, like, I can't argue with that. And I, but I think that also leads to what you were just saying, that it's only about the Eucharist where it's like, yeah. I will put up with all this crap. Not that the readings are crap, not that the liturgy is crap, not that homilies, not that the prayers of the mass are crap, but we do them in a crappy way. So then people are like, I will deal with the other stuff to get my Jesus and because I don't want to go to hell. So like, it's like, but we as people in ministry, people who may or may not have influence on the mass or even, even just like our ministries that we are responsible for, that's such a sedia where it's just like people don't even care. Like we don't even care about making this good anymore because people are required to do this. They should just assent to these truths. But if they never feel welcome, they never feel encouraged or feel like this is a place where they, they come and they can receive joy, uh, we might not keep them. And I think we've seen that. Yeah. And I, like, I've said this in the past um, with regards to mass at Catholic school. You know, if you were to make mass optional, would kids go? Um, and the answer is no. Like, for the most part, they would not go. And that's a problem. If, if the Catholic church was also to make Sunday mass, not obligatory to make it optional. I mean, I know that's not exactly something they can change like that, but yeah, the 10 commandments are pretty set in stone. Literally. (laughs) I didn't even mean that joke. That was good. Good, Well done. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, other, other Protestant denominations, other, you know, uh, our other brothers and sisters in Christ have the 10 commandments, but they don't feel obligated to go on Sunday. And they don't, they don't go like some, many of them don't go on Sundays. They'll, they'll sit at home and watch it or whatever. But like how many people wouldn't go to mass on Sunday because it's not, I mean, and this is going to sound weird. It's not, it's not quality. They would feel obligated to go. I don't know. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, it does. And uh, first of all, the Protestants are wrong. We all, we can all agree on that. (laughs) Second of all, uh, I love my Protestant friends, but you can be wrong and I can still love you. Matt, I love you and you're wrong all the time. Uh, (laughs) I I, I share the love, Protestants, Catholics alike. Um, But yeah, I, I think that a lot of people choose not to go to mass, even though it's obligatory because it is so difficult to sit through for an hour sometimes. Mm, and yeah. and it's one of those things where it's like, should we all completely understand the mass and, and be able to, to sit through a difficult mass? Yes. But like you and I talked about this about a year ago, there was like multiple years where all of like my spiritual growth and being quote unquote fed at mass was up to me because I was going to masses where the music wasn't good, where the preaching wasn't good, where like everybody was in that acedia that like, I don't really care. We're just here. Let's just get it over with so we can go home and watch football and go out to eat. Like there was no like care taken behind it. So where it was like, 
I get that this is ultimately on me, but after months, a year, multiple years of not having something help me, like assist me in growing in my faith, assist me in quote unquote feeling something or getting something out of mass, like a great homily or great music that is doing what it's supposed to do, like great homilies are supposed to inspire us, great music is supposed to help us to transcend and to, uh, to connect with God in that way. If it's all on me, I am going to fail at that often and over and over and over again. So like we were talking about the mass, but this goes for any any ministry event that we have. If we are not giving our best to it, people will come for a while, maybe out of guilt, maybe out of like they are still kind of getting something out of it. They're enjoying the community, whatever. But eventually, if they're not being fed, like it is, it gets more and more difficult to go to mass every Sunday. Well, and that's the, the the response or the feedback we're getting from the the surveys of people who have left the church. They they say they're leaving the church because their spiritual needs are not being met. A lot of us from the inside out will say, oh, well, you're just leaving because you're not being entertained. And that's a cop out. That is not true. They're leaving because their spiritual needs are not being met. And like you said just a second ago, it is if we are in RCIA or in religious education, youth ministry, even marriage prep, if it's something that's required, for some reason that lowers the bar for all of us. Well, they have to be here, so I don't have to innovate. I don't have to make it interesting. I don't have to make it joyful. I don't have to put a lot into this because they have to be here. And that's the absolute opposite of what we need to be doing. Because if that's the time when we have them, we want to be developing something that is joyful and spirit-filled where they want to keep coming afterwards. We don't want them to stop their formation after they leave what's required. We want to have something in place where they want to keep coming after the requirement is over. Absolutely. We all have to make an individual choice, whether we're going to stay in the church, whether we're going to continue to grow in, in our faith. And I want to make that answer as easy as possible in the correct way for people. So like, I want to do my best. And like we all fall, fail in this. I failed in this. You failed this. Everybody listening has failed. We all get tired and don't bring our best sometimes. But like I'm talking about when it's systemic, where like you said, we're not innovating. We're not trying new things. We're just bringing people in, just doing the catechizing. Here's the information that I'm required to tell you. Now go off and be a, a Catholic. And they're like, I just got told I was wrong for an hour and a half. And then I left. Like there was no real connection, <laughs> no desire to be a part of this community. So what does that mean? Make it fun again. Because I know, I know you respect the liturgy. You don't necessarily want everything to change about the liturgy. And so there are things that when you say make it fun again or make it joyful again, what does that mean in, in each of these contexts? You know, whether it's youth ministry, RCIA, religious education, or even at the mass. Yeah. So for the mass, there needs to be care taken towards it. I've been around the church long enough to know that like lectors are asked two minutes before mass, or even if they're scheduled months in advance, they forgot, they come in and they look at like the favorite. These are actually like, it actually brings a little bit joy to me, even though it's not the greatest thing. When people, you could tell people haven't read the reading and they're reading the Old Testament. It's just a list of names and they're just stumbling over it. Like, that, okay, that's hilarious, but it still shouldn't be that way. Uh, like it still should not be that way. But like caretaking to proclaiming the word of God, not reading it like a dead document off, off of a sheet. Caretaken in, in the homilies for like, is this something that is going to help people grow in their faith? Is this something that is going to challenge people? Like whatever the, the goal is. Like music, I don't care about your liturgical preferences. I just want the music to be done well 
and done by musicians that should be musicians. Like if you are a musician <laughs> and playing in church and you're not welcome to do music anywhere else, you should probably stop because it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 just people uh, scared to say, you know what? you probably shouldn't be doing this because you have to be nice at church, right? I'm, I'm getting really angry and worked up all of a sudden, uh, which is <laughs> really funny. I'm angry well, so, about the lack of joy. <laughs> for those of y'all that don't know, Taylor absolutely has a music background. Like you have a degree in it, right? I do. So I, I should do all of it. I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's definitely sensitive to this aspect of it. And in, in those of us who have particular expertise in certain areas, when we see people falling and tripping all over themselves over stuff that you would consider relatively basic, you know, in, in that field, it, it absolutely makes you angry and, and irks you. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, so like in other contexts, so like at your typical youth group or RCIA group or RE or like whatever it is where there's like a lesson being shared or some kind of opportunity for an activity. I come from a youth ministry background. I've seen two things that kind of drive me crazy. One, I kind of mentioned it earlier, where it's just Come, it's, the, it's just the catechetical model. Or come, sit in the classroom. Somebody's going to teach from a book. Then you're going to leave. Like we did our due diligence. We taught what the diocese said we need to teach. Now go away. The other one that I've seen is people trying a little better, trying, but it's still kind of leading to things. And I think this was my experience where it was like, okay, uh, when I was growing up in youth ministry, we're going to get there. We're going to have a snack. We're going to play a game. And then once the game is over, the entire night goes to that catechetical model where it's completely mm. serious. It's still one person teaching. There's no small group. There's no dynamism. Like the talk's probably boring. The teaching's probably boring. So like this joy thing goes all the way through everything that we teach because like Pope Francis calls it the joy of the gospel. There is joy in our suffering. There's joy in our happiness. There's joy. Like joy should be permeating all that we do. So like when, when I go to, uh, like there, there was one this weekend, I went to Chris Bartlett, who's, you know, your fellow co-host who I have upgraded for this week uh, on the show. <laughs> I went to his group and, and both of us, we, like we had an absolute blast with these kids. And like I shared the gospel message with them. There were serious moments. There were silly moments. It was all kind of broken up. We played games at the beginning. We kind of joked throughout it. But then it, all of that led to a serious moment, a call to action. Let's get real, right? Yep. Even in the music, like we have times where we're doing music, where it is more like uh, worship filled and like, let's close our eyes and really pray with this. And then there are the fast, fun songs. It's like, okay, let's, let's have some joy with this. And I think having that balance throughout the ministry, throughout the evening, throughout the morning, like whatever event you are doing, it's not like we just checked off the fun box, like all of this, the gospel is good news. So even if you're dealing with difficult issues, like, you know, suffering that aren't like happy topics, you can still have that joy in there as well. Yeah. And I, I can, I can hear ministry leaders asking the question, well, what about those people that, that really just want to come and check out the box, you know, that they, that once you start doing something that's a little bit more light or jovial, they feel like it's a waste of time. Um, so I can imagine in an RCIE group, you know, and that's, you know, that's my favorite group that let's say you start doing, a and there's the resource called uh, Download Youth Ministry. Um, but those resources are actually a lot of fun for adults as well. You can do that and um, lighten up the mood a little bit. But I know that there's going to be people that are like, quit wasting my time. Just give me the facts so I can leave. That's not necessarily the, the leader's position, but the leader has to, I don't know, deal with these people uh, who just want to check the box and move on. Right. 
So I, I think there are always going to be people in any congregation that we are serving in that are checking off the box. That doesn't make us as ministry leaders, it doesn't make it okay for us to just check off the box. Like we still need to do what we think is best uh, for the ministry. And I think like when you're, you're talking about adults in RCIA, like it is a little bit different than with, when the, than with young people, but like I'm still me when I go speak to kids, I'm still me when I go speak to adults. And like, I've seen people that are like, they could have been possibly turned off by like my style or by, by what I was doing. But by the end, like it all made sense to them because they could probably see it even more than the kids can. It's like, I'm not going to play a game. Like I'm the same way that I said, like, you can't uh, just kind of box off the fun with the game at the beginning and then do the lesson. It all has to be mm-hmm. integrated. It's like, if I'm going to play a game with anybody really, but especially with adults, it has to tie in to the lesson. It has to tie into the message of that, of that event where it's like, I, I play this game all the time from download youth ministry called, is that really in the Bible? And I use it for two reasons, uh, a couple reasons. It's fun. Uh, it tests people on, on their knowledge. And it also proves to people that you don't know everything. Like yeah. they're, they're pretty basic questions. <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to tell you stuff tonight that you've probably heard. And like, and like using that game to be like, look, you're, you're probably going to, going to want to check out because you think you've heard it before, but you've also heard all those verses that we just heard before. And you didn't know if they were from from the Bible or Aristotle, you know? So like (laughs) there's a point to using all of it. I think if it's integrated, some of those skeptics or like the people that are just there to check the box, they'll be fine. Or if they're upset, like there's always going to be, it's, it's always this question in ministry. Like, who am I, who am I catering to tonight? Am I catering to the people who are super bought in or am I catering to that person that doesn't want to be here at all? Um, and I think as we're planning our ministries, we have to be like, okay, which one am I going to lean to? But I'm also going to keep the other one in mind. And like, I know for myself, I've balanced those two things. It's like tonight or at this ministry event, I'm going to focus on the, on the people who don't want to be there. On this one, I'm going to focus on the ones that are super bought in. I think we have to just keep that in mind when we're, when we're leading ministry stuff. Absolutely. And, and there are a lot of different ways to teach. Like you said, like you can use a, a game to teach part of or an aspect of whatever it is that you're going to teach. You can obviously teach you know, from up front. You can teach in small groups. And each one of these different ways is a, is a different learning style for different people. And that's effective for anybody. And that, that actually helps add joy because it's not just the same thing throughout the whole night. You know, it's not just this boring whatever. Um, so any other hows, you know, how do we make Catholicism fun again? Like what if it's, let's say we got a ministry leading right now or listening right now that's not having fun themselves. Like they, they feel like they're going through the motions. How do they make it? fun again for themselves or how do they re, uh, reinvigorate this joy? Yeah, I think it's twofold. Like number one, if it's a ministry leader who's struggling and they're not feeling any joy, like you've challenged me to this a lot. A lot of people on our staff here at Blaze have challenged me to this. Like it's a lot of, if I'm lacking joy, it's the situation plus my lack of, of care for my spiritual life. Like we said earlier, like if you go to a mass that isn't great or a ministry event that's not great, it's, it's kind of like half their fault and half mine if I, mm. quote unquote, don't get anything out of the mass, right? So it's, it's kind of, it's probably the same thing for us as ministry leaders where it's like the situation isn't our fault, but how we, how we react, how we take care of ourselves in those times is up to us as well. So there's that balance there. So I would say, obviously, the first thing is check your spiritual life. Uh, the second one is like, just do something to relax. You and I and Chris all play video games together. Like that is my biggest like stress relief. So like whatever it is for you, if it's hiking, if it's working out, if it's like, you know, the list can go on and on, but finding something that does bring you joy, that does bring you that happiness 
um, that can help your overall well-being and then help you in those more difficult situations. If you're at a situation at work right now where things are are uh, a little bit more difficult, you can help find joy, um, finding people uh, that can uh, that can kind of walk with you in that. So like obviously there's like y'all's Facebook group, there's other forums or like having actual real flesh and blood people in your life that you can kind of commiserate with and, and talk through and kind of encourage each other. Those That'd be what I would say. Awesome. And it's, it's okay not to take yourself so serious all the time. There was one time I was given a, uh, a talk at RCIA, again, my favorite group. <laughs> I don't know why I always go to them, but I was given a talk at RCIA and I was talking about saints. And uh, for some reason, St. Catherine of Siena came to my mind. And if you guys don't know the story of, of after she passed away, you know, and what happened to her body, us Catholics are pretty weird, man. They hey, man. like the people, <laughs> and and it's okay to say that in front of other people. It's okay to say, man, we are weird. Well, the people from her hometown really wanted her body. So they snuck into wherever she died to go get her, but it was too heavy. So they just cut off her head and took it with her back home. And it was like, wait a second, that's weird. And it's, I think it's okay to poke fun a little bit at that kind of stuff. It's, it shows a lot about the devotion to the saints, but it also shows that we can be a little weird. And I think like, not taking ourselves too seriously in these situations is actually a really good thing. And I think your example also proves a point I was making earlier that no matter what you do, people in the congregation are going to see it very differently. Um, some people could say that, that that is very much veneration of the saints. Other people would look at that and said, how are you venerating someone whose head you just cut off? Like that doesn't seem very <laughs> venerable. Uh, so there's going to be haters no matter what you do. You'll be fine. It'll be okay. All right, Taylor, uh, um, just to, to pivot a little bit, is there anything other than what we've talked about today that if you were in the room of 50 to 100 ministry leaders, you would want to make sure that they walk away with? Oh, man. Um, this is like the opportunity that I want to have every week when I'm listening to y'all's podcast and I'm editing it and I want <laughs> to like step in and say something. So um, now I have that chance and I'm blanking, of course, because that's how the world works. But uh, I, I think with, with ministry, like I – my story was like I was ministry is all I ever wanted to do. I was com I did it for years. I was completely burnt out. I was about to leave. And then I found a place. So come work with us. But also, even if you don't come work with us, it's it's this like I found a community that was loving, that loved me who for who I was, still challenged me to go forward. I found uh, work where I could be myself, where I could be dynamic, um, where I didn't have my hands tied. I think finding an, a, a place like that or people like that that can support you is just super, super important. Um, and I want that for everybody. So if uh, come work with us or, you know, just join the Facebook group, hang out with us, uh, pray with us, that sort of thing. Uh, listen, keep listening, do all the things. So, I mean, and, and like, and that's very true. Like we want you guys to stay in ministry leadership. We don't want you to run away or bail or feel like you're unsupported. So find the support you need. I, li I like that. I like it too. It was a good idea. Good job, Taylor. <laughs> for, for pulling something out of nowhere. That was actually pretty good, Taylor. Thank you, boss. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've worked with young people um, in, at Ablaze in mentoring them. What was one of the biggest things that you, like, I guess, repeatedly had to say to those young ministry leaders? Um, one of the big things was like, 
having them believe in themselves. Uh, that kind of seemed to be a theme uh, from a lot of people. It's like uh, we all see ourselves from our own point of view. And like a lot of times when we look at ourselves, we always say talk to somebody else so that you can see your flaws. We just talked about that in the gospel a couple of weeks ago that I was very confused about people putting uh, spokes in their eye and specks in other people's. I was very confused by that. But like we, we have this idea that like other people will help us see our problems and, it's, and that's very true, but we miss the other half of a lot of people can see good in us that we can't see. A lot of that can come from insecurities we have from our past. It's like, oh, I'm not a good singer because I got made fun of in junior high a lot for singing. And now other people like later on in my life are like, no, you're actually pretty good at this. And I didn't see that. It took other people to kind of call that out in me. Um, so I think being able to have confidence is a really big thing. I was listening to a leadership book the other day that like, one of the the qualities of a good leader is you have to have confidence in your competence, like knowing that you know what you're doing and that you're good at it and like being, being around people that can support you in that. Like, Hey, you're doing a good job. It's like, because a lack of confidence comes across. If you lack confidence giving a talk, it'll come across. If you lack confidence in leading a core team or volunteer team, like it'll come across. So uh, being confident in those things, in what you know, how to do, and then finding help in the things that you aren't as good at so that you can have confidence in all that you do. I learned that from my youth minister. If you only do what you're good at, it looks like you're good at everything. And I've, I've lived by that. It's worked out for me. <laughs> That's funny. The uh, One of those, on the flip side of that, we also need to be those people. If we want to be around people that are going to affirm us and pull out our gifts. <laughs> You're talking about affirming people again. <laughs> I am. I am. We also have to be the people that are doing that for other people. Um, and that's one of the things I've said for years. I mean, the, the gifts inventory from the, uh, what is it? The St. Catherine Sienna, Institute. Yeah. Sienna, Sienna Institute. Institute. That's it. Sienna Institute. It, one of the things like the way that you discern what your gifts are is people say this about me. People have told me this. People have said this. It's like, if we're not telling people where they're gifted, they're not going to know that they're gifted in those areas. So we absolutely have to do that, but we need to listen when other people say that to us as well. Right. Because often we'll excuse it and we'll say, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. I actually suck at this. And it's not true. <laughs> that is my internal autologue in most of my conversations. <laughs> you're an idiot. I'm right. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Does that mean you won that, that argument? I think so. <laughs> at the same time you lost i did i suck but i'm very joyful about it <laughs> <laughs> all right taylor tell them more about how they can get a hold of you uh fortecatholic.com you can find uh the show there it comes out weekly growing your faith while also hopefully laughing a little bit uh i i speak uh travel to do that lead worship if you want me to come out to your parish i would love to do that and uh come bring this Come to bring this joy to your parish and to your to your uh, ministry there. So fortecatholic.com, you can find all the social media links, Twitter, Instagram, uh, MySpace, uh, AOL, AIM, all of the things, <laughs> fortecatholic.com. I don't think those other two were on there. Well, are they really? Um, MySpace. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Um, and you guys, just so y'all know, Taylor is also the editor of this podcast. He's actually been adding in joy since he started. If you don't often listen to the very end of the podcast after the music, he will typically add a little tidbit or a teaser or some way to make fun of Chris and I at the end of the show. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, not only do I add joy, I'm like Marie Kondo. I take away the things that don't bring me joy. Like, I wish people could hear this show just one time without me editing it, just to see what you two actually sound like. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and I bet you're going to do the same thing for yourself in this episode. Nef- no, I'm a professional. <laughs> Are you going to make fun of yourself at the end of this episode? No, I'm going to find some way to make fun of you. <laughs> make fun of Chris and not me. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. That dope. Love you, Chris. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. How can we continue to make our respective ministries fun and joyful instead of just going through the motions? Send any feedback through to MLA at ablaze.us. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. But if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week and make Catholicism fun again. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. <laughs>